we go through days like that and although it's not a football that's taken away, there's sometimes we feel like our joy is just gone. And it's like without joy, we have nothing to look forward to because our emotions get the best of us. Like when we go back to work tomorrow or even if you work today, if you don't enjoy your job, you don't look forward to it. Some of you are in school, maybe college or high school, you don't look forward to tomorrow because it's school the next day. And so you try your very best to live every, every ounce of Sunday possible before you go back to school tomorrow or work. And it's like if we don't have joy in our lives, there's just no strength to go on with the day. Well, when God created us, He created within us a thing called emotions. In this little, uh, little skit thing that we've see, uh, seen, uh, sometimes we feel like that. We maybe are on a low side and we dramatize things. Maybe we drag things out. Or maybe our emotions get the best of us and we throw a pity party for ourselves. And then when people ask us how we're doing, we give them the negative things that are happening in our lives, only to bring us down even that much more. And even though days will start off good, it's like one thing goes wrong and there goes our joy. Some time ago when my kids were young, we packed up the car ready to go to Hapuna Beach. Now Hilo does not have white sand beaches like there are on the west side. So we are going to Hapuna and anytime we go to Hapuna Beach, my kids are, are excited because it's white sand. It's not lava fields where they have to, you know, find an area to swim. It's white sand. And so we packed the car and they were so excited. We got in the car and I said, who's ready to go to Apuna? Everybody's, yay, we're ready to go. They got their sand buckets, everything's set. And I asked Heidi, where's the cooler? She said, in the back. I said, is everything packed? She said, yes, everything's ready to go. And I said, do we have bottled water? She said, yes, we do. I said, I, I want one right now. And, you know, so that as we're going, I have something to drink. And usually before we leave on long trips like that, in, here in Hilo, that's a long trip, you know, two hours away, that we would pray before we left. So I asked Heidi, do we have water? She said, yes, it's in the cooler. And I went in the back of the car to look for the water, and I could not find it. And I said, where's the water? And she said, it's in the cooler. You have to look. And I said, I am looking. I can't find the water. She said, it's in the cooler. I said, where's the cooler? She said, oh, it's, it should be there somewhere. And I, I said, I can't find it. She says, you got to look under everything. I think I put it under everything. You know, she put it in there first. And so I'm looking under everything. Finally, I find the cooler, and I have to open it up with everything on it, and I grab the bottled water. By now, I'm irritated because I can't get the bottled water out, and, you know, there's everything piled on it. And I get back into the car, and I said, oh, man, you should have just put the cooler on everything else. That way, everything, you know, we, we got the bottled water that we can take it out. He says, well, you should have packed the car then. I said, but why would you put the cooler underneath everything if that's where the lid is? Wouldn't you want everything under it? She goes, no, because why would you need the cooler right now? Why don't you just go in the water? And so, you know, go in the house and grab a bottle of water. So we're going back and forth, back and forth, because I'm right. And we're going back and forth, and we're grumbling. And then my kids just say, enough already. You know, your kids are, they're like, just get over it. And they said, enough already. Can we just go? And I said, what do you mean enough already? It's like the day's gone already. No sense. Might as well just stay home. You know, I'm all angry. And then, and then I don't know what to do at this point. I'm thinking, what do I do? 
I'm supposed to be the spiritual leader of this home. So I say, well, let's pray before we go. Heidi, pray. <laughs> and she says, you pray. I says, I don't want to pray. You pray. And we're going back and forth and back and forth. I don't know who prayed. Probably one of the holy kids. <laughs> and it's like, there went the joy. And it's like the whole day was, was like gone. You know, just in an instant, our joy can be gone. By a simple thing of where's the water. Simple things like that can take away the joy. It's almost like we feel like joy is something that can easily be taken away. Like joy is on the surface and anyone can come by and snatch it. Anything can come by and snatch it away. But did you know that there is a difference between the joy of the Lord and the joy of the world? And that's what we want to look at this morning. If you have your bulletins, you can see we're in our series that people matter to God. And today we want to look at joy because joy is something that, that we wrestle with from day to day. We're going to learn to be people who regardless of our circumstances or our present condition or even frustrations are still able to have joy. You see, I've learned that there's a big difference between the joy of the world and the joy of the Lord. There's a big difference. And we're going to look at three actions that we can take to experience a joy greater than that of the world. And that's what Jesus was trying to impart to his disciples. It was a joy like no other. Not the kind of, the joy, not the kind of joy that the world gives, but the kind of joy that God gives. And there's a big difference. And sometimes it's hard for us to differentiate between the two because we live life day to day with all kinds of emotions going through our lives. And how do we maintain this joy of the Lord when things come by and almost steal away what's been given to us? Well, there are certain laws of the land like the law of gravity. If you jump off a mountain or you jump off a cliff, there's gravity. It's going to take a hold of you. If you drop something, gravity will take a hold because it's a law and this pen will drop. Well, if you go into outer space, there's no law of gravity. You're just floating. But there's certain laws here that happen. If you run into a wall, what will happen? You'll get hurt. Well, most likely, you'll get hurt because it's the law of solid something. I don't even know what that law is called. But if you hit it, it hurts. It's the same thing with, God, with God's laws. His laws are absolute truth. So apart from his laws, there's nothing else. Because his laws are accurate. It's trustworthy. It's true. That's why the word of God, his ways, his laws, when we live by this, not as a legalistic way of living, but a way of following God through, then we begin to understand his ways what, is, what it means to have joy. When the Bible talks about his word and what he speaks to us, it's for a reason that we hang on to his word because it's law. It's unchanging. It's truth. See, if I don't hang on tight to God's word, then anything will rob me of joy. Anything can come by and take away that joy because it's a surface worldly joy. But if I delight in his word, then I begin to understand what it means to have the joy of the Lord. If you're taking notes in number one, you can write this in because this will help us experience 
the joy of the Lord. It's to take delight in the laws of the Lord. To take delight in it. You know, if I don't delight in the laws of the land, like gravity, if I don't respect that, then I'm going to get hurt often. But if I respect the laws of the land, the ways of gravity and, and things like that, then I will be able to survive understanding that if I hit something, I'll get hurt. If I drop off something, I'm going to hit the ground. That's respecting the laws of the land. Well, when I respect the laws of God, when I delight in His laws, now I begin to open up my heart to understand the joy of the Lord. Because it does take His word for us to understand His joy. It takes more than just an emotion that we go through. It takes His laws. Now, what is so important in delighting in the laws of the Lord? What does that have to do with joy? Well, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 3, it says, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And catch this part, okay? And in his law, he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers. Now picture that, if you can, a tree firmly planted by streams of water. That tree will never go without nourishment. It will always have nourishment for its leaves and for its fruit. And when the Bible says that its leaf will not wither, that means that it's, it always has life in it. Now storms will come, rains will come, heat will come, different elements will surround it, but it doesn't take away from its life because the streams of water is what's providing life, not the surrounding elements. And sometimes we think our surroundings supply us with life. Sure, our, fa our family gives us joy. Sure, our paycheck gives us joy. Sure, our cars, when we buy it brand new, gives us joy or a brand new home. Those things give us joy, but it's a temporary joy because they don't last forever. Our families will not have the best attitude all the time. Sure, we would love for our kids and our, our loved ones to have the greatest attitude all the time and everybody listens and obeys, but that's not always the case. And those things will bring us joy, but it's temporary. Well, what does delighting in the laws of the Lord have to do with joy? Well, think about it. What I delight in will reward me, whether good or bad. If I delight in sports, then it's going to reward me with a good experience of a game or something. Or if you choose a team and they lose, then you experience frustration and, and sadness and maybe even anger. If you, if you delight in snacks, which I do, I love snacks, I delight in snacks, it rewards you with extra weight. That's the reward that you get. Everything we delight in will give us some kind of reward. I, I delight in uh, sports and exercise. So if you delight in that, then it helps you to lose the weight that you delighted in snacks that gave you the weight from. from. But everything we delight in will reward us in one way or another. Exercise gives us better health or whatever it may be. But whatever we delight in, 
That's what will reward us. And if we delight in the laws of God, in the ways of God, He rewards us. His ways rewards us. If we delight in the Lord Jesus Christ and we love Him and serve Him, He rewards us. And here's the difference. The rewards that God has for us are for all of eternity, starting from this day. See, the joy of the Lord is not something that is just conjured up, that you just think about it in your head and say, no, I need the joy of the Lord, so therefore I'm going to be joyful and happy. Something needs to be providing that nourishment, that source of life. See, no matter how dry or dead or deserted your surrounding, because your roots go deep into the Lord, there will be a kind of blessing or a kind of joy that is not just on the surface where anyone can just snatch away or anyone can just take away. It's a deep rootedness in the Lord. It's like the farmer who had his orchid, his orchard, and it was flourishing year round. But there were other farmers around him that they, it wasn't, they weren't doing as well. And they wondered what was the difference. Well, what they found out is that this one farmer would, would actually have an irrigation system that would provide nourishment for the orchard for a season and then give it a little bit of a drought. And what would happen is the roots would have to go deeper and deeper to find water. And then the rains would come and then it would provide nourishment, but then there would be a drought. And the farmer would actually hold back a little bit water so that the roots would continue to go down deeper. And what they found out was that this orchard roots, this, these roots were far deeper than any others around. And this orchard was actually getting nourishment from a deeper source of water, a deeper well. And I thought, Lord, that's what you're talking about. That even though we go through dead, dry times, a, a time where we just don't feel like uh, being a part of your kingdom or, or even loving people or even, uh, or even worshiping you, there's times where you're not going to want to. You're not going to feel like it. It's like God is saying, dig deep. Don't just let it go. Dig deep. Keep digging because he's developing a deeper root system for us. Not so that our, our joy is on the surface, but so that we... We dig deep into him because there's going to be storms. There's going to be rains that come. There's going to be uh, wind that's going to blow in our lives. There's going to be heat exhaustion. There's going to be times of dry seasons. But he's saying that's, that your surroundings are not, not going to provide your joy. I will. But unless you have a deep root system unto me, you're not going to have the joy of the Lord. Things will take away your joy, because it's all on the surface. It's not my kind of joy. But in order for us to get that kind of joy, even though we know the Lord, it's actually a choice that we make to have the joy of the Lord. It's a choice that we make. Now you might be thinking, well, what about when I'm going through emotions, when I'm angry and when I'm frustrated? What do I do then? You can still make a choice. You can. You can make a choice. I can make a choice. We all can make that choice at that very given moment. I've done this before where I would be angry and I'm, you know, Heidi and I are grumbling and then like one of you show up 
And I'm saying, hi, good morning, good to see you. Oh, it's so blessed, the Lord. Oh, hallelujah, you're here in church. Oh, it's so good to see you. Well, what happened? I made a choice to be different. I made a choice to stop being angry. I chose not to be angry at you. (laughs) We can make those choices. You could be yelling at your whole family. The phone rings. Hello. Hi. Praise the Lord. Everything's going fine. Yeah. We make choices all the time. We can actually make that switch. You see, the joy of the Lord, it's a choice that we make. And you can write in your second point, choose the joy of the Lord, not the world. Or the world's kind of joy. We choose the joy of the Lord. Not the kind of joy that the world gives, because the joy that the Lord gives has depth. The joy that the world gives is very, very shallow and temporary. It's very shallow. And if we look in the world that we live in today, just read the headlines, watch the news, look at what's going on in our own city. There's many things that we can't be joyful about. But there's a lot of things that the Lord can show us to be joyful for. But we must choose that. It's a choice that we make. We do our very best as a people to experience joy. We do our very best to have happy lives. We try our very best to get a career so that we're happy. We can make a lot of money so that our families are happy. We try to surround ourselves with things that make us happy so that we can enjoy life. The Bible puts it this way, and this is, this is a, a, a defining moment for many of us. It's found in Luke 9.25. And it says, For what is a man advantaged if he gains the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? You know what the Bible is saying? Why go after all these things and strive for all these things, but in the process... Lose the joy that should be inside. That you lose your very own soul. It's the seat of your emotions. Your inner man, the inner being. That deep-rooted area where the Lord says, that's where I belong. So you're trying to fill it up with temporary things. Temporary things don't belong in eternal spaces. It just doesn't fit there. It won't last there. And we try our very best to surround ourselves with things. Even people. We try to put people into our lives so that we're happier. Sometimes even as as teenagers, you think a boyfriend or a girlfriend is going to make you happier. It may be so, but it may be temporary. You may be thinking even in, in your life that if I can just get this, then I'll be happier. Maybe so, but it may be temporary. But when we're rooted in the Lord, when we choose His joy, other things will come into play, but that's not what will bring us our deep-rooted joy. It'll still bring us temporary joy, but it won't take away the joy of the Lord. Can you see the difference? There's a major difference. And when we make that choice to say, Lord, I... I want you to be my joy. That's where I want my joy to be. Then he, he has no problems with providing nourishment to, 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 for our lives to get better and better and better and for our lives to flourish. Did you know that there's many people 
that don't attend church, that don't understand that there is a deep joy that only the Lord can give. And they may never understand that. You know who they're going to look to to prove that? You and I, the church. That's where they're going to look for what true joy is. If we go through the same things that they go through, and we go through the same emotions that they go through, and we just don't have that joy, they're going to wonder, why should I follow God anyway? We go through the same things, and you crash and burn just as much as I do, and you have no hope, but you say there's a God. They're looking for hope, and they're looking for it in you and I. Those who say there is a hope. See, even though we go through our ups and downs and our emotions, there's a level of joy that should be unshakable. And it's not happiness in the way of you have to be all happy, happy, and joyful all the time where, where your energy level is so high that, that it's fake. People will see through that. But it's the kind of joy that is deep-rooted that even though we go through our emotions and sadness and pain and suffering, that there's a strength like no other because it's the joy of the Lord. It's not the joy of the world. It's a deep-rooted kind of joy. You see, worldly ways and worldly joy really does not have much to offer. Especially a kind of joy that gives you strength can only last so long. You may know people who are like that. They just, they need the Lord just like us. And, and you may feel hesitant or or have a difficult time talking to them about God, in your bulletins, there's an invitation card. And it says, come alive. This is our Easter service. I want you to take that out for a moment. And I want us to just take a look at what's on this card. There's, a, there's actually a place where you can, you can take off this smaller one. And now you have two invitations. Maybe this bigger one can give to a woman because they have a purse they can put it in. Maybe this can go to a man because it's smaller. They can put it in their shirt pocket. I think that's the whole idea. Well, that is for me. I can put it in my pocket. But it has the instructions and our service times. There's our Easter play, our Easter kickoff celebration with our children. There's also our Easter Sunday service, which is 6, 8, and 10. And this is a way for us to invite our family and friends. In fact, pray and ask God, who do I get to give this to? Because there may be somebody that you would give this to that will change their lives for eternity. And when you give this away, it's not about getting people to church. That's not the whole idea. It's not so that we can have a big church. It's so that people can find Christ. Whether they stay here or not, or go to another church, that's, that's fine. The whole idea is that people would find Christ. And in the midst of that, that they would understand that there are, their life would come alive because of Jesus Christ. We've been there, and God brought us to life. Even though our surroundings and what we've been feeling like were dead, he brought us to life. Let me encourage you to take this and, and find people that, that the Lord would put on your heart to invite them. Because we're going to have good times and not so good times. There are times even when the joy of the Lord and with the joy of the Lord, you may not feel good or be happy but for some reason, there's a sense of hope. And there's something to look forward to. That's the joy of the Lord. It's like when our kids, you know, when they fall and they get hurt. And, you know, they're, they're crying. 
they will usually go to the one who gives them hope. I don't know in your family, but one or the other gives them hope, either mom or dad. One of them would be like, too bad, get up, it's no, more, no more blood. And if there is blood, ah, put a Band-Aid on it, you're fine. There's some parents who say, too bad, you fell, get up. There's no broken bones. And it's not being mean, it's trying to toughen them up. But the kids, if they know that you're the tough one, that you're the one that's not going to give them any hope at all, they won't go to you. They'll go crying to whoever gives them hope. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's grandma. And they bypass the parents and they go to grandma or grandpa. And, oh, what's the matter, baby? What's the matter? I fall out and mommy doesn't want to give me a band-aid. And daddy says, too bad. And then grandma, you know, washes them up. It's like our kids know where there's hope. They know where to find hope. Well, there's people, even us. And in the midst of life, it'll feel like there's no joy. But we know where to find hope. And it's in Jesus Christ. That's where we find the joy of the Lord. That's what gives us the strength we need. And when we choose the joy of the Lord, it gives us an undying strength to carry on even when we fall. Because we will fall. Let me give you a brief history of the people of Israel when they were becoming a nation. Now remember, they were enslaved under Egypt. And imagine going through that for over 400 years, being enslaved. And now they're set free. Now they are building their nation. They're, they're putting the laws together. And God gives them their laws, the Ten Commandments. And then now they become an, a governmenting nation, a nation with order under God's ways. Now they're going through this and, and becoming this nation. And they build and they take over. And, and now they have this wonderful nation. Well, after some time... They go through some ups and downs and some battles. And once again, taking captivity. And then the walls of Jerusalem, their city, their walls are broken down. Oh, a man by the name of Nehemiah rises up. And he sees the broken down walls. And he weeps. Because he thinks to himself, this is God's kingdom. This is, he did this for us. And now he has this vision of rebuilding the walls. And they actually do it in 52 days, record time. And they want to celebrate. So Ezra stands in front of the people. And he opens up the laws of God. The first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And he reads the thing from morning until noon or midday. He read all five books of the law. Now, you would think the people would be falling asleep. You'd be thinking that the people are, okay, this is boring. But you know what Ezra was doing? He was reminding them the good things that the Lord was doing. But along with that, along with reading what was going on, he also read their disobedience. The times where they would complain to God. Times where they would rebel against God. You know what actually happened? the people began to weep. They're brokenhearted. And now they're remembering all the things that they did against God. But Ezra corrects them. He says, hey, listen, listen. This day is holy to the Lord. We're celebrating. We're not weeping. And he corrects them midway and he says, listen, do not be dejected and sad in Nehemiah 8.10 for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
And what he's telling them is, look, in the midst of this, yes, you're going to have emotions. Yes, you're going to remember the bad times. Yes, you're going to remember the mistakes. Yes, you're going to remember your past. But do not be dejected or sad, for this day is holy. It's holy to God because the joy of the Lord is your strength, not your surroundings. You're going to go through battles. You're going to have ups and downs. But that's not what, what will provide joy. And I thought, well, how could, how could Ezra read this and just tell them that the joy of the Lord is your strength in the midst of all of these emotions? And this is what I caught. That the joy of the Lord is not an emotion. It's a spirit. A spirit is different from emotions. A spirit never dies. Emotions will. In Romans 14, 17, it says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It continues on in Romans 15. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And remember what Galatians says? It says, but the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5.22 is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then it tags on with this. Against such things, there is no law. The joy of the Lord is a spirit. Against that, there's no law. There's nothing that can take that away. It's always there. But did you know that even though it can't be taken away, that we can actually give it away? We can make the choice to surrender it. And number three, could you write this in? If anything, do not surrender the joy of the Lord. Don't give away the joy that the Lord has given to you. Don't give it away. It's a choice that we make. It's a spirit that is there. Because it's the joy of the Lord, not the joy of the world, not the joy of Sheldon, not the joy that of you. It's the joy of the Lord. It's something that's unchangeable. But we can actually give it away. See, the joy that the Lord has, has depth. The joy that the world has, very shallow and temporary. The joy that the Lord gives us has strength to it. The joy that the world gives will drain us. It'll drain us. John 11, excuse me, 15, 11, Jesus, he says, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. See, he's saying, no, my joy is going to remain in you. That's the whole idea, that it continues to be present. It doesn't lack in energy. It doesn't lack in, in sustenance. It doesn't lack of endurance. But it continues on. Even though you may not have full energy, you're still full of joy. And that's a different kind of energy. It's not a physical energy. It's a spiritual energy. It's a spiritual fullness, a spiritual strength. See, if you really want to know the difference between the joy of the Lord and the joy of the world, just look at what brings Jesus joy and do that. Do the things that Jesus did. And what saddens him, don't do. Whatever saddens him. 
And although we understand that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, Jesus came that we might have life, and life more abundantly. And the devil, the devil may come and try to steal our joy, kill our joy, destroy our joy. But if it's a spirit, he can't take that away. He can try his very best to put the surroundings to steal, kill, and destroy. But if we have the joy of the Lord and we never surrender it, he can't take that away. He just can't. John 16, 22, Jesus says, Therefore you too have grief now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice. And here's what he says, And no one will take your joy away from you. You know what Jesus is saying? You're going to lose loved ones. You're going to hurt. People will hurt you. You will have financial problems. You will be discouraged. You will be enraged. You will deal with anger. You will get treated unfairly. You will be forgotten. You will be disrespected. You will be humiliated. But nonetheless, they can't take your joy. Because I put it there. And when God gives something to us, it's to keep. We're the ones that give it away. I say, take delight in the Lord. Choose his joy over the world. Never give your joy away. He says, it's yours to keep until you see him again. Could you say amen to that? I'd say amen. You can close your Bibles and put away your notes. Let me close with this. It was C.S. Lewis who says this. And I like how he, how, he, how he puts this. And he says, Our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition. When infinite joy is offered to us, like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at sea, we are far too easily pleased. And that gave me the picture of, am I pleased with the mud pies of life? That I think that this is what will give me joy. That when God offers me his joy, I think to myself, but what is better than this? What is better than what is going on right now? It's like God is saying, in order for you to find out, you must receive it first. And God will never give us something that will cause us to go backwards from where we are today. He will always take us from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. The joy of the Lord is what gives us strength, an undying strength like no other. And I pray today that we would get back on track, forgetting that, not forgetting about the world because we still need to reach it, but maybe making that switch. It's not the joy of the world that will give us strength. It's the joy of the Lord. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, this morning as we conclude, for many of us, including myself, Lord, we, 
we sometimes get into this mode of life that we forget that it's your joy that gives us strength, that it's your joy that provides nourishment for us. And so right now, Lord, we make the decision and choose your joy over any other because that's what gives us strength for the day. It's your joy. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said amen. Amen. Can we thank the Lord this morning for being a wonderful God, a God full of joy. I'm good. Thank you. And don't forget our Easter service times because if we don't prepare now, then we will forget. Also in our extended sanctuary, which is in our fellowship hall, uh, people are asking, can we sit in there? Absolutely. In fact, that's for us. That's not for our guests that will be coming here for Easter. That's for us. And uh, let me just cast this vision to you, just a, a quick one. And um, please hear my heart on this, okay? I'm not saying you're not important. That's not what I'm saying because every single person matters to God. But what I am saying is that there are people who are not understanding how important they are to God. And I think for us to say, I'll give up my seat. In fact, I'm not giving up my seat. I'm allowing them to be a part of what I experience every week in the presence of God. That we're going to say, well, I call New Hope my home church. So as we do with guests, we give them the best seats. And so I know for some of us, we love our seat because it's form-fitted to us. That's all I'm going to say. And we love our seats. It's more comfortable. But I'm just going to ask you to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, Do you want me to, I'm not doing a guilt thing, okay? So that's not what I'm doing. I am saying, please ask the Lord because he'll he'll speak to you. It's not coming from me. And when it comes from the Lord, there's eternity attached to it. And the hope is that we would be sitting in there so that we could allow our guests that when they come for Easter, that they would be able to sit in here and experience all that God created for them. And we're still gonna experience the Lord because we understand his voice. We understand his spirit. And we understand why we do what we do. It's so that people can find Christ. Uh, Next week, you can actually sit in there already. We actually prepared it for today. And we will still worship in there. It may feel a little awkward because it's not in here. But really, we serve an audience of one anyway, right? So I'm just asking for you to ask the Lord and see if we can do that, okay? Well, we've taken up some time this morning. And uh, I'm going to dismiss you right now. Go ahead and eat breakfast. But enjoy the presence of the Lord today because it's his joy that gives us strength. Amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.